What happens when a Catholic deacon matches wits with a Catholic radio show host? You get a marriage made in heaven. They may not always agree, but they're always faithful. It's the Akins with their view from the pew on Modern Day Radio. And welcome to this episode of View from the Pew. I'm your host, Brenda Aiken, and joining me today is the man who sometimes goes to Saturday Vigil Mass, but it's not because he wants to watch Sunday football. It's the good deacon, Scott Aiken. I can't really remember the last time I sat and watched football in my, my life since I moved over to Holy Redeemer has been just blessed and filled with so much to do. So yeah, 4.30 Mass is a good Mass when I can do that because I can I can certainly focus Sunday for the Lord, but uh, not that I wouldn't do that when I go to Sunday Mass, but I don't get free days <laughs> in the week. It's just not something a deacon gets, a deacon, husband, father, grandfather. Yeah, get busy, would you? Uh, so we had that question come up last week because the NFL football season started up. And of course, you know, my co-host on the morning show, David, he is a sports guy. He loves football and among all of the other sports. But we posed this question. If your team had, say, their early game, so here on the West Coast, kickoff would be like at 10 o'clock, is it okay to go to Saturday Vigil Mass so that way you don't miss your football game on Sunday morning? That was, we, we talked about that. And so without giving you our answer, what would you say to that? If a parishioner came up to you on Saturday Vigil Mass and said, oh, thank you so much for Mass. Now I get to watch my football game in the morning. What would you say? Thank you for being so human, I would say to them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they people people come certainly to four thirty mass or five o'clock mass on Saturday just so that they can have that free on Sunday. And the alternative might be that they lose the faith if they didn't go. So it's it is a tension and uh, one that uh, you know I, I've worked with some folks who really had some real um, challenges with sports because sports can become just watching sports can become so time consuming. And even to the point of being almost an addiction. Um, but I think it's a good trade-off if they if they go to Mass on Saturday to watch football on Sunday, because the alternative would be likely they would watch football on Sunday and not go to Mass. And I think that would be obviously far worse. Okay. So what David and I discussed and what I looked up online too is it did say yes, that uh, Saturday Vigil Mass is an option if you have things to do on Sunday that are important. Now, football, though, isn't high up on the list of, of importance. And so what the article said is, well, yes, you could do that. Definitely examine the importance and role that God plays in your life and the importance and the role that football plays in your life. We are also fortunate in this area too, Scott, because if you're on Vancouver side of the river or here or and around Portland, I think probably on Sunday mornings, you could start getting regular masses every hour, almost every half hour between 6 a.m. and noon. I mean, there is a lot of options available. So yeah, it, if you want to have God in its right place, but you still want to catch the game, start the day with God. And if so, what if you missed the first half of the game? The good stuff really starts to happen in the second half anyway. 
Well, I would I would qualify that it's not any less to go on Saturday than it is on Sunday, but we're we're focusing on the the start of the new day, which would be sundown um, in the Jewish tradition when sun sets, the new day begins. That um, it wouldn't negate that, but I think it goes to to the bit bigger question as you just posed. You know how how dedicated are you, and is it becoming something that you need to discern? Hmm. Is this do I continue this or do I need to refocus? People will give up praying even on Sunday just to get back, get to the football game. So not not the best choice. Choose life, not death. That's Jesus' words, right? Absolutely. And if we really want to get into a discussion, and we'll probably say that for a later date as we get closer to Christmas this year, it falls on a Monday. So now... How are you going to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday morning, Sunday morning? That's a whole nother conversation. And there's some rules around that, too. But again, we'll save that for a later date. We have a great opportunity, though, coming up. We go on Sundays. Many people have the ability to go to daily mass. Their schedules are such and they talk about the powerful experience that is. We have a pilgrimage coming up in the springtime in April, and that is going to give us an opportunity to be on pilgrimage and attend mass every day. And it's so vitally important. And coming up, we actually have our tour host, Sandra Kosea. She is going to be joining us to talk about what it means to be on pilgrimage and how Going to daily mass when on a trip like that is transformative. And then after that, we want to share with you just our experiences of having gone on pilgrimage, how you prepare for them, what to anticipate and what you bring home that continues beyond just the trip itself. So we got a great show ahead for you on this week's View from the Pew. Stay with us. I'm so happy you're here. Whether we have been away from the church for a while, going through a dry period, or if we just want that daily spark, God is always calling out to us, appealing to our longing to be in a good relationship with God. The song, Hosea, by Gregory Norbert, speaks to longings. While we may at times feel as if we are in a wilderness, having to bend so much amid the fears we possess, the song assures us, Long have I waited for your coming home and living deeply our new life. Come back to me with all your heart. You shall sleep secure with peace. Faithfulness will be your joy. Long have I waited for your coming home to me and living deeply our new life. This has been Michael Gisandi with a bit of Catholic encouragement. Touchdown! 
season comes football and tailgating, and there's no better way to score a touchdown than by passing that old vehicle of yours to Mater Day Radio. We're happy to accept your donation of a car, truck, van, RV, or boat. It's quick and easy and a likely tax deduction for you. Not only that, you are joining a winning team that's supporting a faith-filled Catholic broadcast. So score some points by checking out our vehicle donation program at MaterDayRadio.com. It's Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken with their View from the Pew on Mater Day Radio. It is the Eternal City, and it is the central point of our Catholic faith. If you make one pilgrimage in your life, it should be to Rome. There is so much of our Catholic history there, and well, coming up next year, you could join me and the good deacon on a trip to Rome. Joining me to talk a little bit about what it means to be on pilgrimage and some of the things that we are going to be able to encounter, it is our group leader, Sandra Cosea. She is joining us today to talk about a Shrines of Italy pilgrimage. Sandra, thanks so much for joining us on the show today. Thank you, Brenda. It is with joy that I'm here. Thank you for having me. Sandra, we are parishioners together at Holy Redeemer. We have been friends for such a long time. And I have known you to be a person who likes to get a lot of stamps on the inside of your passport. You have been on a many pilgrimages before. Just for our listeners, share a little bit about your story and about what inspires you to find such incredible holy places around the world that you can visit. Well, Brenda, I have been on 19 plus pilgrimages in the past eight years. My very first pilgrimage was to Lourdes. It was the Shrines of France. I was inspired to go on that pilgrimage because we were visiting St. Therese of Lisieux. To my um, surprise, it, it was a very Marian pilgrimage. Our Lord wanted me to discover Mary in a very intimate way. Our lady, you know, has always been there, but I always went to Jesus. And through pilgrimages, I have discovered that I have to go to Jesus through Mary. And so my very first pilgrimage, like I said, was inspired by St. Therese of Lisieux and, and it started in Lourdes. And, and we finished in, um, in Paris at the um, St. Catherine of Laboré. And so, you know, it just, Mary, Mary was everywhere on that pilgrimage. And so my, my love for her and devotion started and grew from that pilgrimage. I have heard and even myself maybe have used the term because I have an opportunity to go on pilgrimages in the past, both overseas and pilgrimages right here in the U.S. and wonderful places I've been able to visit. But I have heard the term pilgrimage and then I've also heard the term Catholic vacation. And they are two very distinct things. What we have planned, the Shrines of Italy, it's coming up April 14th through the 23rd in 2024. This is a pilgrimage. How does that 
set itself aside from kind of a Catholic vacation where there's lots of food, lots of drinks, and then you see some really neat churches along the way. This is something much different than that, much more focused spiritually. Kind of what are your thoughts on that? Well, it's definitely not a vacation, a Catholic vacation. A pilgrimage is a journey in our faith, finding Christ. Um, We will be blessed to have Deacon Scott and yourself who are devout. Uh, We will have uh, Father Israel who uh, will celebrate Mass every day. Uh, He will be available for spiritual um, guidance as well as Deacon Scott. Uh, So people from all parts of the journey, and and that's what the pilgrimage is. It's a journey. We're all at different uh, parts of our Catholic faith journey. And we encounter each other together through visiting sites where um, Jesus or Mary or St. Francis of Assisi or Padre Pio or St. Benedict, you know, might have been. Sandra, you said in the beginning of our interview, you have been on 19 pilgrimages. What a blessing that must be. Share with us a little bit of one or two of your pilgrimages that have really made a change for you or it was so inspirational for you, or maybe you just had a moment where you paused and thought, I, I feel closer to the Lord after being here. That pilgrimage would be the first time that I visited Israel. And that is in Mount Tabor uh, where the transfiguration happened. I have been blessed to have returned three more times. I've been there a total of four times And every time that I'm there, I have the same experience that I had the first time. I encounter Christ. I feel his love, his presence, and I just want more. Oh, for sure. Sandra, I can absolutely appreciate that. Uh, The first time I went to Rome was the first time I ever left the country. And that was in 2012. And I had to get a passport in order to do that. I didn't even have a passport at that time. And I tell you what, once I went on that first trip and I looked back and saw that stamp in my passport that said Italy, oh, it just made me want to go again. And this is another opportunity. It's been 12 years since I had made that initial pilgrimage to Rome and I am returning for the second time. We are encouraging everyone who is listening to join in. As you said, Father Israel Sanchez, people might remember him as Brother Israel Sanchez from Mount Angel Abbey. He's been on the morning show with me before. He is a priest. He will be joining us on that journey along with the good deacon, Scott and myself. Sandra, of course, will be our tour leader. Sandra, so let's just kind of run through this itinerary so people know. Again, we said Rome, the Eternal City, the Vatican there, Pope Francis, So many incredible churches, but there's so much around Italy, too. Holy sites that we'll be able to visit. So just let our listeners know about during these days in Italy, what they'll be seeing along with us. In Rome, we will visit the St. Peter's Basilica, the Vatican Museum, Basilica of St. Paul outside of the walls. We will be blessed to have a, a papal audience provided the Pope is in town. He does not release his calendar until 
It's closer to the day. Absolutely. Planning on that. Of course, the famous trip of Fountain, uh, the Basilica of St. Uh, John the Lateran, Holy Stairs, which in, in, in the three times that I've pilgrimed to Italy, I've only had the opportunity, the blessing to, to climb those one time. And, and it was breathtaking just to, I can't even explain it. I mean, I go back to that moment and, and then I just think of the emotions that I had. It was, it was, it was such an emotional um, experience. So I'm looking forward to the opportunity to be there again. And the Basilica of St. Mary Major. Then we leave Rome to Monte Cassino. We will celebrate mass there. San Giovanni Rotondo. Yes, anybody who has a devotion to St. Uh, Padre Pio, it's just going to be a, a trip of a lifetime for sure. Yes, we will also celebrate Mass there. From San Giovanni Rotondo, we will visit Monte San Angelo. On day seven, we will be visiting Lanciano, Loreto, and Assisi. Loreto is um, where the Holy Family home is. That will be a, a neat experience. And on day eight, uh, we will be visiting Assisi, where where St. Francis walked, journey with him. And our very last day before we get back to Rome, we'll be visiting uh, St. Rita of Cassia, and then back to Rome. And then back to Rome, and everything will be taken care of. There, The buses have been arranged, the masses are all scheduled. Of course, there's also time for you to be able to spend on your own. I think I am most looking forward to Assisi. Now, on the one trip that I was able to go on, we spent a day, several hours in the middle of the day. But more people that I have talked to said, it's a wonderful day at Assisi. But to be able to spend a night there, it just takes on a whole new feel. And uh, I just feel like that is just going to be such a wonderful opportunity for us. Sandra, and then just in these last couple of moments before we leave, when you go on your pilgrimages, and as you said, this is not a Catholic vacation where we're going to see and eat some wonderful things, and then occasionally there'll be a church or something in there. This is going to be an immersion into our Catholic faith, and it is meant to be a journey. For people who go on pilgrimages or think about going on them, how do you prepare yourself, both mentally and spiritually, so that way when you get to your destinations, you are open to the movement of the Holy Spirit to guide you on that path through the city? I attend daily Mass. If, if daily Mass is not possible, which it, it is impossible for everyone, add a few more days to Mass, receiving that Eucharist, being with our Lord, uh, spending a lot of time in adoration, and just asking Him to, to prepare my heart to receive whatever it is that He wants me to encounter on this journey. And, you know, a lot of times it's not the places or, or the spiritual director that you're with, but a lot of the pilgrims are with you. You know, he speaks to us through them. Uh, we help each other. Uh, God has, you know, uh, planned this out. We, Deacon and I have prayed over this for, for a couple of years. And 
God knows who's coming and why we're coming. And so, and that's my prayer. I, I just pray for all those people, the, the, the ones that I've met, the ones that I've seen on the list, the ones that I don't know, the ones that are praying about it at home for you listeners that are considering maybe coming. Oh, we prayerfully and gladly encourage everyone who may feel that pull in their heart to please go and find out more information. We would love to have you join us on this incredible journey. Well, Sandra, I just thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate all of the work that you put forward in helping plan this and look forward to making this trip with you in the springtime. Thanks for your time today. Thank you, Brenda. You have a lovely day. God, I cannot express to you how excited I am to be able to go on this journey to see these shrines of Italy. It's been 12 years since you and I went on pilgrimage to the canonization of St. Kateri Tekawith. And as I said with Sandra, it was the first time I had left the country that I needed to get a passport for. Once I got that passport and look at that stamp that I got in there and it said Italy and I just couldn't wait to go back. And they say if you throw a coin in Trevi Fountain that you will want to go back again and again. And I have not left that uh, since that time, I, I've just been yearning to go back in a very unique way now as the pilgrimage leaders. So it's going to be an exciting time. Now is the time for people to start planning for that if they are interested. Yeah, that was just a tremendous time and one that uh, you know, we we threw those coins in in hopes that we would be back soon together. <laughs> but uh, I was fortunately able to go back on my uh, 10th anniversary pilgrimage when I walked the way of St. Francis from Assisi to Rome. And my uh, my great friend, Deacon Sam, and I, when we entered into Rome, that's what came to mind was that trip we had that was just so impactful for us. For those of you who've never been to to Italy, to Rome particularly, there's just there, you can get caught up in so much. So it, it's important to prepare and I think that's what Sandra has really uh, done with uh, the, the two of us tours and Father Israel, to, that we want to lead you on something that is uh, is going to touch on the various aspects of the Catholic faith that is, exists there. But it's it can be overwhelming. And as as we as I remember, we saw that we walked into one of the small churches and we thought, wow, these are just ev- they're everywhere and they're all so beautiful, and you almost become. And you know, in some ways, desensitized to how beautiful they are, uh, it could be. So you know, we don't want that to be the case. It's 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 to try and and recognize the key points. Which on that trip we took back in 2012, we saw some points that we were clearly led by the Holy Spirit to see. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of the pilgrimage to be adaptable, to be open to the guide of the Holy Spirit, who will take us in places that we didn't even anticipate. Otherwise. We control it too much. We we lose that uh, that expression of what we are called to do in our faith is to trust in the Lord. We're there on pilgrimage. Like you said, it's not a trip. It's not a vacation. It's an actual pilgrimage. So you prepare for it beforehand. Before you even go, you start pilgrimage. And when you're there, you're entered into the 
the action of the pilgrimage. And when you come back, there's continued formation of that, the, the, um, as it sinks in and as it, as it transforms your mind and, and your, and your spirituality. I love the pacing of the pilgrimage, too. And again, Sandra has done such a beautiful job in planning out with uh, 206 tours, the different stops along the way and the overnight stays. Now, we spent one day, in fact, really just an afternoon in Assisi to be able to experience that. But people that we have spoken to said it takes on a whole new atmosphere and spirituality in the nighttime. And I'm glad that we are going to be able to stay overnight there in Assisi. Of course, Sandra said she is so excited to be able to visit those holy stairs. I think, Scott, for you, a couple of the spots that you were excited to see is the monastery where Padre Pio was and also of St. Benedict. I mean, there is such an incredible history of our Catholic faith. If you go on one pilgrimage in your life, Rome should be one that you could choose from, Rome even or the Holy Land. I, I can't tell you which would be more spiritually meaningful to you. People can discern that for themselves, but what an incredible opportunity. We'd love to have people join us. And you know, some of the beautiful things like you just mentioned, the Holy Stairs, um, items that were for safety purposes brought from the Holy Land back to Rome during the early years of the church and to be able to make that connection to the, the connection of the Holy land to Rome in these intimate ways is just really impactful. You really get a sense of the, the vastness of our faith and coming from this, this humble beginning to be what it is today. I think people might get caught up in, and the trappings of what they see. And it's it, you have to constantly root yourself back into the simplicity of our faith, which I think the daily mass that we will be taking part in set us on that right path. And at the end of the day, to be able to, to just share with one another our experience of the Holy Spirit so that we can inspire one another to continue on in this pilgrimage. So if you want to have any information about this upcoming trip, please go to the podcast of today's show because I will also include the information about it. We would love to have you join us. And Scott, I would love for you to end us in prayer. Lord, we thank you for the lives that we have and for those who have an opportunity to take pilgrimages, whether it's to Rome or to a holy site that's even local. May we do so with a childlike awe in all that you do in our lives and all that you've done in this world, recognizing that you are with us always until the end. May we be confident in that in our prayers this week, and may we continue to look forward to the day that we are called to a pilgrimage, and may we respond with a yes to that. Let me ask this all in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. And that is going to wrap it up for us this week. Please tune in next week as we share with you more stories about our faith, our family, and our View from the Pew. Have a great week. God bless. You've been listening to View from the Pew, a weekly look at faith and family life from a Catholic perspective with Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken. For more information on the Aikens and to listen to an archive of their previous shows, visit them online at moderndayradio.com slash pew. View from the Pew is produced at the studios of Monterey Radio in Portland, Oregon.